course, that's also not making the cut. Um, or is it? I don't know. Um, you all are listening to Lame. I'm ill. Not. Oh. I'm not you're like, ill. I thought you were Jenry. I'm ill. Uh, I'm the illest. Uh, I don't. I'm in. I'm in. I'm under the weather because uh, I I woke up today and I was most royally assaulted by the most beautiful <laughs> allergens from a beautiful state in which I'm allergic to everything in it, folks. I mean, literally, like like horses and bluegrass and just like you know dust and like apparently red meat. Uh, there's a lot of stuff that my doctors tell me I can't be uh, touching. Um, Capitalism. I'm deeply allergic to the employee-employer relationship. Um, it's uh, and I really thought that this sort of period of suffering was behind me because it's it's October now, uh, the best month of the year. Uh, but it's a little too. I, I came here in a t-shirt. I mean, Jesus. It's Eighty degrees this outside. This is embarrassing. This time of recording. Yeah, it's ninety degrees inside Aaron's apartment. Uh, <laughs> I run the AC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, all right. Okay. Um, uh, what is what is this podcast called, Aaron? This is lame. The Lexington Accolades Marxist Experience. All right, great stuff. I'm Aaron. I'm Jenry. It's the first of October, 2021. You can uh, follow us on Twitter at LamePod. You can email us all your comments, questions, concerns, death threats, episode suggestions, legal notices, court summons, subpoenas. You can't issue a subpoena over or some it has to be in person. There's something you have to do with legal papers. It's in uh, person. Well, notice a legal notice for the subpoena. Yeah. 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 Lexlamepod at gmail.com. And we have stickers. That's right. And if they're you free want us to mail them to you. We'll I get have, them to you. Whatever it takes. I got some cute stamps. If you want to see them request a sticker. Exactly. Aaron's got, Aaron hasn't shut up about the stamps recently, folks. I look, I'm about to give request a sticker to, to get in on the stamp action, you know, if you all won't. Mm-hmm. Um, there's um there's a pizza thing happening with the with the local union. <laughs> a pizza thing with you know, the local union. United Campus Workers um is holding a uh, little sort of gathering, little sort of um you would call it a picnic, but it's indoors. Um it's on that uh, insane where Kennedy's bookstore used to be, the cornerstone, par- the first floor of the cornerstone parking garage, which has a bunch of like, I don't know, there's got like an ethereal brewing, which is funny. Um, the and, stolen land of Kennedy bookstore. Basically. And the Fazoli's, which burned down, never forget. <laughs> um, we stand on hollowed ground. Um, I Is that open to the public? What, the Fazoli's? No. The, 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 the UCW thing. Oh, I guess so. I don't know. If you want to join the union. Just show up. I mean, look, yeah. if you if you work on campus, show up. Maybe we'll be there. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we're both... We're, 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 we're both pr- dues-paying members. Yeah, pr- proudly union um, over here, folks. Uh, and is that... Is that it? That's all I have to well, say. Well, this is a this is a news podcast and other things. Um, we're low energy today. I already gave my disclaimer. Yeah. I think I'm fitting myself into the great pantheon of podcasters who um, just get ill, and um, a part of the illness is a performance where you have to listen to the one episode where they die live on it. Um, And uh, uh, all the real DC heads will know what I'm talking about. Um, 
We got a good side A this week from what I've been reading. Well, all right. Okay. If we can't, we're inside. We can't be selling well, this Well, I'm thing. just saying. Folks, I reported on, it. we reported on the Heaven Hill thing when it started on 9-11. Um, but uh, we didn't, I, I was like, I was thinking, I was like, what's, what's happened with that? Did anything happen with that? And apparently a few days ago, everyone had the exact same thought. Because when I went searching for articles about it last night, um, there was a bunch of articles released very recently. Um, and I've pulled one from the Militant. Um, this is a, uh, act, a a socialist newspaper that, 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 that says it is a socialist newspaper. Um, new stuff. This is um, this article comes to us courtesy. Uh, uh, well, I don't know how you would pronounce this. My my Kentucky approximation would be Samir Hasbun. Um, Samir Hasbun. That's probably that's probably more correct. Um, I don't know where he's from. I don't know, who knows? Uh, so I'm just reading. I have some selections pulled from this. Uh, this is, of course, a lot of quotes from Matt Aubrey, who is the uh, president um, of the uh, United Food. UFCW, United Food Something Workers. Yeah, UFCW, that's the Kroger Union, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the amalgamated local 32D, um, which uh, uh, and he works at the Four Roses uh, warehouse. Um, quote, the biggest issue is what the company calls non-traditional scheduling. Um, quote, they want to regularly schedule us for the weekend work with that extra pay and pay overtime after 40 hours, not eight. A lot of people have families and kids. It's just not acceptable. This company needs. This company just wants to increase its slice of the pie to keep it to, to keep to get to keep <laughs> even more of the profits, um, which is you know like a very I don't know very uh, modern like quote unquote progressive uh, like just a just a, an increasingly weird amount of ways to just say that. But luckily, uh, some people get a little more explicit. Uh, I have a quote from this one guy named Pat Boone who was just the husband of um, a worker on strike. Um, and this is what he had to say, quote, really, it boils down to two different classes of people. The upper elite owned this company, but this place was built by the other class on the backs of giants. We're the backbone. He um, gets it. He gets it. I mean, that's like, you love it when you love it when you're striking and you're like, we're striking not just because we want better conditions and not just because we are looking out for our own, you know, thing or whatever, we are striking as part of a larger apparatus of class struggle, which is, um, I think, why so many unions sort of fall flat on this. Class consciousness, it's important. It's its critical, folks. Um, if you aren't class conscious, what's the point, right? Um, uh, this is interesting. Margaret Tro, the Socialist Workers Party candidate for mayor of Louisville, which is the party affiliated with the militant paper. Um, uh who uh, she came um, to the strike and she said to him, quote, you're right. There are two different classes. <laughs> what is needed for the class, what is needed is for the class that produces the workers and the farmers to build a movement, to make strikes like this battle, like this, a battle of all working people and strong enough to take power away from the billionaire families. Um, so, you know, uh, l uh, let me just say it. Um, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna be starting a podcasting chapter of the IWW. I'm in that one big union. Anyway, um, 
The company is trying to run production despite picket lines by bringing in strike breakers and hired security um, to escort trucks in and out, leading to some in t- uh, tense incidents on the picket lines. Um, and this is something that I've only seen reported on by the militant that did not make it into the other like um, local local reports that I read, which are mostly just TV stations aside from this. Um, quote, uh, one, one picket had a shoulder injured when a truck crossing the picket line took a turn too fast. Aubrey said, this is the president, uh, some of the trucks have been covering up their, uh, DOT ID labels to avoid being identified, but we're maintaining our discipline and standing strong. Aubrey said he was part of the successful strike against four roses three years ago when local 32 D members fought back against the boss's attempt to impose a two tier system that would have forced new hires into lower pay and worse benefits. And if you all want a little foreshadowing for the rest of side A, this next quote, quote, we're really anti-tier, Aubrey said. You can see how they use it to promote divisions at Ford, 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 and GM. It's <laughs> terrible. If people are going to work, they should be working as equals. Right, yeah, man. Um, Heaven Hill cut off Stryker's health insurance, Clark said. This is fucked up. Quote, they have no morals. My husband had a leg amputation and needs a prosthetic leg. Now we can't do that. But we're going to stand strong and just make do until we can win. So, what do you do in that situation? If you just you need you have the amputation, you don't have health insurance, so you just like I die is my answer to you. Um, I mean, right? Like this is what happens when your when your health care is tied up with your employer. Um, it's another thing that they can pull. I don't know. I'm glad that they're. I'm glad that they're still. I'm glad that they're not giving up. You know. Um, I'm glad that they're resolute. This is also really fun. I mean, there's a lot of people coming together out here to uh, to save the Heaven Hill people. Quote, uh, some local restaurants are taking a, a stand to back the striking workers. Buffalo Wings in Rings took all Heaven Hill products off their shelves until the company reaches an agreement with the union. Quote, it's about doing what you believe in. Buffalo Wings in Rings district manager De- Jessica Rakes told WHS 11 on September 15th. She said that the bar was filled with strikers and their supporters after the announcement, showing their appreciation for the solidarity. Aubrey said that the, the support the strikers have received has been a real boost. Quote, we've had people bring and buy ponchos when it rains. A local restaurant uh, brought us a hundred box lunches. The Teamsters have come by. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the Teamsters, man. Um... <laughs> solidarity. Uh, some people have even cut down their own trees to make us more firewood. <laughs> um, and here's a f- final line from this thing. Um, union picket lines are up 24 seven and strikers welcome all who want to help contributions to the strike fund can be sent electronically via Venmo to at UFCW local 32 D 23 D 23 D and messages of support can be emailed to matt aubrey dot ufcw 32d at yahoo.com we'll put that information in the show notes yeah 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 um i forgot to mention no maybe i, I misread or, or whatever um i might have actually cut it out from the article they're still striking there is a um and heaven hill is refusing currently last i read um is a. Uh, refusing to um, uh, negotiate at this point, um, which is, you know, um, funny. Awesome. Uh, cool. Really great, idiots. Um, anyway. Uh, oh, God, I forgot to do the article for this one. Whatever. Um, this was... Uh, uh, there was an article in the Herald Leader talking about uh, remote workers grant. 
um, which many other country, many other states have done. And my response to this all is, um, stop it, stop it right now. Um, it is, uh, a sign. All right. Think about this. The only people that they will pay to, for you to move to your state is only if you can move and work in a virtual workspace. Like you do not, we do not want people moving and like working in the community. We just want people that are in like the, 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 uh, like hyper real workspace to come and live here. We do not be a mechanic. Do not come to our industries. We do not want you in physically in any workplace. We want you to be totally detached from production in your area, um, in the new area that you live. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah, work work online only. Don't uh, don't talk with other people around you. Don't or try to organize with other people around you. People are scary. Yeah, just become a transplant NIMBY. You know, Mm -hmm. the least everyone's least favorite type of NIMBY. Um, Why would you want to talk to people during a pandemic? You know how scary that is. You you know, know people people are scary. I once saw a man. 50 feet away from me while I had my mask on outdoors on a sunny day with a strong breeze and I cowered in fear because he was not wearing a mask anyway um so uh, I don't know there's a lot of we're gonna be talking about a lot of stuff this episode and there's a lot of a lot of uh this uh English majors you'll love this one a lot of themes going on I think um this time around uh should have been the Lexington archetype Marxist experience no Aaron that's not Okay, whatever. No, you can't just uh, you can't be burning a words like this. Well, I'm just like be careful, games. be careful. No, it's no, this one. is not. I'm not. They're not our. No, whatever. Um, <laughs> it doesn't help that I am. It doesn't help that I'm in the uh, in a terrible mood today. Um, <laughs> so there is a few things that I want to say before I really dig into this article about. Uh, the Ford plant, which if you remember last episode on side B, we talked about there being in the special session, legislative two session, episodes ago. two episodes ago, austerity oh, pizza, austerity pizza. Great one. Um, they were talking, they, they were, they were talking about this project, but without naming who was going to be doing it. Um, and they were like, we're going to have a bunch of fucking money for these guys. This is the biggest investment ever. Because it's their biggest investment ever. Like, so, I don't know, whatever. So, like, obviously, 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 it's 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 the, it's the you know, like, we'll just put it in big, big text up on top of the screen above the podcast studio. Neoliberalism, right? Like, one day we'll do a whole dedicated episode if, because I definitely feel like, I mean, I, this is definitely the case for me when I was very new to a lot of the stuff. I was like, what, what is neoliberalism? What is this thing that people keep saying? Um, I think we've done that before. You've done that on a side A. I, I've, de- I've gotten it, but now I'm saying I need a whole hour to just, just <laughs> okay. chew into this. Cause I mean, it is, um, at least for the last 40 years has, uh, and I was definitely pre pandemic, the hegemon idea, like from Reagan to, now ish ish um 
there's been arguments that this is a, that there is sort of a change undergoing or that has been undergoing for the last five years. Well, we're not going to get too academic about it here, folks, but uh, just know that it's a thing. And um, you'll see why that this fits into the, that this is part of the neoliberal uh, idea sphere in a bit. Um, there's a few other things. It's like, there's a lot of stuff in this world that, in one sense, we are generally for, but in another sense, we must, at this current time, be totally opposed to, right? Um, like, last night, I was thinking about how there's a lot of trade unions um, that their their primary way of bargaining is to preserve as many jobs as possible, um, to have as many people on standby and to have as many good union jobs where you just like kind of sit there and chill. The amount just just keeping the amount of people employed, right? And this is what happens when you don't, when there's not really any sort of a coherent, like, you know, class struggle sort of thing to the union. You're just like, I'm negotiating to save the jobs of these people, right? You are trying to create more work. You're trying to pay someone to like, you know what I mean? Now, in a... So in this world, in this current setup of circumstances, we are out here actively trying to preserve the amount of jobs, right? But in the socialist utopia, right, you would want, you would actually want there to be as much automation for all this stuff as possible, because I'd much rather, uh, you'd, you'd much rather pay someone to just, just live and just stay at home than pay them to be like, you know, like the standby plumber. Do you know what I mean? People always talk about how like, you know, socialists are like lazy or uh, they don't want to work. And that's generally, <laughs> I guess that's like the end goal of it, right? For automation. But there is this view of like, you know, the Soviet Union where everyone was really, really hardworking. Um, and really the Marx, Marx didn't like to work. <laughs> it was kind of like, well, yeah, you have well, Marx to, had his own set of issues. I think. I yeah. think he had some health issues. Well, like, if I but Marx's Marx's thing on work was like, well, it's kind of this thing you do for eight hours a day, but that's not really like being a person. You should have, uh, what 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 is his quote? It's like you're uh, you're an author by day and a poet a poet by or painter by night. Um, like the whole his whole idea was you work to you work whatever it is to contribute to society just like a little bit, and then the rest of the time you're leisurely spending it doing different activities to enrich yourself and other people around you sure yeah i don't want to get into a whole conversation of our socialists lazy or not i will just say right now that i am of the opinion the fundamental belief that um if you don't and i in 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 the pandemic actually in the very beginning has actually vindicated me in many ways if um if you have nothing to do um it will drive you insane i generally think that humans like actually like doing things right it just so happens to be that service jobs are really almost never one of those things that they like doing for any extended period of time extended you know um like i mean but so in a perfect world we want automation because it would allow us to continue production while having us spend less time working right but of course, in the current conditions, and this is, I mean, one that many people, I think, listen to podcasts get because it's the thing we live in right now. 
we view increasing the amount of jobs and we view um, like working as a good thing because it's the only because it's the way that you're being paid a wage and the way that you're 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 making your you're continuing your life if you work more you're a better person the harder you work the better you are sure i mean not, i'm not even saying that though i'm saying like like whatever whatever i can't get too deep into it but mm-hmm. and so that's one of the it's the the theme i mean obviously it's the automation thing but like broadly thinking with me just keep this in mind that there are certain things about how production is that we would actually one day like it to be in a certain way but because we do not have control over any of it uh the whether or not we should actually be for it or not i think is up for deep debate and this is why we must um this is the mindset we must come into when we were hit with the news a few days ago um that ford and the sk group were um we're hold we're starting a battery two battery two major battery plants um like one campus in kentucky and one campus in tennessee right um so there's a lot of issues with this one i will just say that the sk group they they kept calling it in the herald leader article sk innovation but just like literally one search on online will show you that sk innovation is a just one of the many groups under one of these gigantic conglomerate corporations in South Korea that, um, uh, you know, surprise, surprise, all date back to the fucking, you know, uh, um, uh, Korean War and, um, you know, U.S. imperial efforts to, um, you know, uh, like prop up the South Korean uh, dictatorship, blah, 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 blah. Um, SK, like, it made me think exactly, and this is going to be the official lame podcast recommendation of this episode. And I can't believe I never say this. There is a reply all episode that you should listen to right now. I mean, not right now. Finish the episode, then listen to it. It's episode number 132 of reply all. And I know I'm, I can't believe I cannot believe I'm promoting a Gimlet media episode. <laughs> um, but it's called uh, the name of the episode is called negative Mount Pleasant. And it's about when Foxconn um, wanted to open a uh, factory in a open a factory in um, Wisconsin and it is one of course all about the fucking evil like how neoliberalism tries to like court things the development and what blah 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 blah. but it is also about um, what am I trying to say here Uh, it is also about in a way colonialism returning home right and um, if you want to extrapolate a little further, which the people at Gimlet Media do not because they're at Gimlet Media, um, uh, one commonly accepted uh, definition or truism about fascism is when colonial structure returns to the homeland, blah, 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 blah. All right. Now that we've said all of these things, right, um, we got to read this article by Jack Brammer. Thank you, Jack. Uh, Kentucky has landed the single largest economic development project in its history, a $5.8 billion investment by Ford Motor Corp in the South Korea-based SK Innovation, right? Which, ladies and gentlemen, don't remember, right, is one of 90, like 93 or 96 companies under the SK Group. So I will just be referring to them as SK for the rest of the time. Um, 
uh, Korea-based SK to build two battery manufacturing plants in Glendale and Hardin County that are expected to employ 5,000 people. And that number does not include construction, supplier, dealership jobs. That is just factory jobs once the plant is built. Uh, the announcement Monday puts Kentucky at the forefront of the automotive industry's future with electric vehicles, said an elated Andy Bashir. Uh, this project, quote, will transform our economy, creating a better Kentucky with even more opportunities for families for generations, blah, 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 blah. This is in some insane Bashirisms. I know we've been reading a lot of insane shit that Andy Bashir has written. Our economy is on fire, and now it's electric. <laughs> <laughs> Do not think about the Tesla battery fires. Um, Never again will we be thought of as a flyover state. Our time is now. Our future is now. They're going to be driving through Kentucky. Yeah, exactly. Now they're going to be driving through. Yeah, it's just like I don't know. I mean, like, do people think of Kentucky as a flyover state? No, I feel like I don't think of it. As I feel a... like Kentucky actually, when you think of a like some state in this area, I feel like Kentucky is the first thing. Though, whatever. I mean, whatever. I mean, we're very obviously we're very. Become as a shocker, very pro Kentucky on this uh, on this um, uh, Lexington based podcast. Um, so, blah, 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 blah. the economy is on fire. No, the economy is on Christ. fire. Yeah, I would also describe it as Our that. Batteries are gonna imagine imagine this plant is gonna like burn down. Yeah, we're gonna look. I am. We're gonna talk about another thing. We're gonna talk about electric vehicles in a, in a quick second. Mm. Um, but this first plan is going to open in 2025, and then the second one on the same campus is opening in 2026. Um, they are part of a larger $11 billion investment um, that's spread between Kentucky and Tennessee. Um, Ford is very excited to make this historic investment in the great state of Kentucky, said Lisa Drake, Ford North American Chief Operating Officer. Kentucky has been an incredible partner to Ford for more than 100 years to its home in the Louisville Assembly Plant in the Kentucky Truck Plant. I don't know why she's a southern gentleman. Um, yeah, so whatever. I mean, just a bunch of dumb. Um, so the state is going to be spending a over $410 million on incentives um, to uh, as a uh, generally that you can we can spend you can spend $410 million on any investment project that will bring you more than $2 billion, is my understanding of this. Um, because it was kind of weird how it was phrased, because they're not spending $410 million exclusively on this. They seem to be spending a little less. So it looks like they have... It looks like the way that it's structured is the General Assembly allocated $410 million for incentives, which I'm assuming is tax incentives. And then the other $2 billion is investments. Uh, incentives, um, no, 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 it's, it is, yeah, it's, it's $4 million incentives to attract more, uh, mm -hmm. investments more than $2 billion. Um, well, it's not necessarily tax-based, which was actually interesting about it, and it, it's nice, at least that it's not a, just a total tax write-off. However, it's basically just as bad, right? Um, the main incentive program here is a performance-based forgivable loan of up to 250 million dollars so if ford and sk actually build this battery plant they will just be paid the state of kentucky will just pay them 250 million dollars right which is insane right and this is the this is the most neoliberal thing right it is a it is a um oh what is the word not a it is a it is a i mean 
in the in as far as the new liber the neoliberal part, like there is the liberation of capital from the state and from labor, from the things that hold it down. But this is the other half of it, the collateralization of public of the public. The risk the the public take the public parts of these public private partnerships will always take the risks because the private the private counterparts, these private developers, which and I'll get to this more in a little bit, which we solely rely on for developing almost anything. We do not have we don't have any sort of like I mean it's we are always just constantly waiting to wait for just the right developer to come along and build the right, you know, affordable housing or whatever, right? Blah, 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 blah. blah. Not, to, not to spoil too much of my side A, which is getting gargantuanly long at this point. Um, but, like, it is it is insane that we, that, like, this is very obviously, okay, one, Ford, it is obviously a profitable venture because Ford and SK are doing it, right? Two, Ford has to do this anyway. Like, like, they have already committed themselves to going full battery electric, right? There is not... I don't know. It's just insane to me um, that these companies are like, oh, we have to be coaster. And I was like, nobody, you're going to have to make this stuff anyways. Right. The problem is that we have no that we have no teeth to make them just do it, whatever. Um, so they've um, so uh, Bashir dis, um, uh, discusses the loan, the forgivable loan, the grant, essentially, as, quote, it is performance based and reasonable and fair to all. Bunny, it's never fair under this game. The game was always rigged, idiot. Um, reasonable and fair. Reasonable and fair. That's right. Not only is it fair, it's also reasonable. And whatever. Um, so the other thing is that a 1,500-acre property off I-65 in Glendale is being just can given to um, uh, SK and Ford. And it will be called a very shittily named No Spaces Capital B, capital O, capital SK, blue oval SK battery park. And uh, yeah, it looks about as shit as it reads. What um, what was on this land before? Um, well, uh, I don't think there was anything, but let me just say this. Quote, this is a site that the legislature and the local industry authority there had been had the incredible foresight to buy. Um, so turns out someone was doing a little bit of a uh, the state was doing a little bit of um land speculation um where they're like you know here's a bunch of here's a shit ton of acreage right next to the interstate we should just buy it in the events that in the event that we need to just give it up so that's part of the i mean it's not like you know they're getting all this land for free they don't even have to buy the property they're just getting giving being given to them at least they're not in some sort of fucking tiff thing that's Um, insane i know the third incentive which is like this i'm like i guess it's nice i don't it's job training, right? Worth up whatever what job training worth up to thirty six million, which is like, I don't know. I don't believe in putting a price on education, what guys. What does that mean? Because let me say this: um, there are the, the amount of uh, money that uh, like post secondary education charges is in no way equal to the sort of value that is being given. Um, but whatever so and that's happening through the kentucky uh, uh the kentucky uh um uh, KCTC. kctc and the uh the bluegrass state skills corp i was about to say btc bctc but it's probably bigger than that kctcs kctc community technical college system lots of lots of uh c's 
No, what is that word that we love on this podcast? Acronym. No, oh. acronym. Yeah. Not, Lexington I, alliteration marks this experience. Stop it. Um, <laughs> so they're also spending $33 million on improving this interchange um, where KY-222 intersects I-65. Um, and then in another weird aside, the governor said, and this is over a phone interview, that the, quote, numbers aren't final for how much the average employee will be paid. Um, cool. And speaking of more things being up in the air, John Savona, Ford's vice president for, uh, for manufacturing and labor affairs, said companies of the new plants, quote, will have a choice of whether to organize with the labor union, unquote. Um, folks, I have some news for you people. It is never, it is not in the year of our Lord 2021, it is, it is not up to Ford or any industry to choose to to allow to allow employees to choose to be in a union that is not that is the opposite direction of how union power works do you feel me um and of course it's the right to work state so it's not whatever this is another thing look if we were the socialists in power and we were like you're going to make a battery plan well one we probably wouldn't say make a battery plan Two, we would also be like, yeah, and you have to have a union dipshit. Like, um, they, yeah, they all have to be unionized. Of course, Ford doesn't want them to be unionized. Yeah. Like, God, you know what's being, I mean, this on Twitter, just everywhere the last couple of days where people are like celebrating when, celebrating this day, you know, X amount of years ago when Henry Ford declared the eight hour workday. And I was like, Henry Ford did not. <sighs> Henry Ford, monarch. Henry Ford. Favorite king henry ford never there is no world where henry ford woke up and just go you know what i think the workers deserve it like this is not labor rights are never are never just given out of night they're never just nicely given um i will say this in in, in terms of large-scale industrial things like it's they're never just freely given up like that and it's a gross mischaracterization. But of course, you all probably know that. I just want to be clear. If you see it, know that Henry Ford, um, in fact, was a Nazi. Um, and his foundation has been used um, post his death, uh, has been chaired by, you know, many, many CIA and State Department heads. And um, is, of course, one of the greatest reactionary forces uh, funding in this country for almost all the Cold War. Whatever. I mean, I have a very, very bad group of people. Ford great trucks, really evil politics. Um, we'll continue from that. Um, ooh, ooh, interesting noises. I wonder if that made it through in the recording. Uh, we continue to pursue, pursue at least four other projects that meet the $2 billion threshold, um, uh, said uh, Andy Bashir, right? Um, but he didn't. He declined to identify them, right? Um, yeah, just the four other projects, you know. Yeah. Um, just, just four other mysterious large investments that we'll also be dishing out a bunch of money to. Quote, Ford looked at a lot of different things, but mainly the site workforce, the site comma workforce, and do have the comp... What a fucked up quote. What are you saying, Andy? Ford looked for a lot of... Looked, Ford looked at a lot of different things, but mainly the site workforce and to have confidence. So I think they just forgot the Oxford comma. Yeah, whatever. Um, I mean, you know it's bad when a company is like, 
we believe in this administration's confidence to get this done. I'm like, I do not want a do not want a pro business government vibes based uh, investment. Vibes based invest. Hey man, I'm loving this. Um, so of course, uh, they're building um, uh, lithium ion batteries, right? And they are um, they are starting this production in 2025, right? So um, before anyone in this podcast, before anyone listening goes, yes, finally we can all be driving electric Ford F-150s. Um, I would like to say to this, I would like to say to you right now, right? There is no world that turns out good where, listen, you could, you could swap out, you could go, if you could snap, you could snap your fingers and just replace every car on the road right now, just swap out the drivetrain with an electric one. We would still be in hell. And this is, I don't know, I don't know what else to say to you. Um, it is not, uh, these, it's not that it's impossible to recycle lithium-ion batteries, but folks, I don't know. It's bad. I mean, it's going to just... I mean, lithium is going to just become the next oil curse sort of thing. I mean, it's another resource that is extracted out of com- out of countries, um, you know, that we have turned into neo-colonies, blah, 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 blah. But also, just generally, um, Lexington with a bunch of passenger electric vehicles is still going to be just as dog shit as Lexington today with a bunch of gasoline vehicles imagine nicholasville road but every car is electric imagine nicholasville road but every car is like a like a firebomb waiting to happen that is like you know just just chocked full of like drm and uh, like spyware and shit and you can't even repair it like there is very little like look say what you want about the gasoline engine but any fucking guy can just go out and just repair a gasoline engine, right? Um, it's very, I mean, they're they're not, I mean, yes, they're very complex, but at the end of the day, especially, the, I mean, like, like the, the appeal of the gasoline engine for me is that there are cars made before the year 2000 that are good um, insofar as they're not just big pieces of spyware and a bunch of rolling software waiting to break itself, right? And um, there's some, I mean, there's articles written about this, but like, like there's no there's no modern privacy respecting car therefore there is no privacy respecting viable electric vehicle product basically um uh, plus even from like an environmental perspective too there's very little the individual can yeah. do and here's in the other thing in the biggest the biggest fucking lie of all this folks is that zero emission vehicles are not zero emission um do you wonder why everyone's front wheels on their sedan looks like just like 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 covered just covered in just shit um because brake pads still produce a lot a lot of pollution you're still i mean there is no silver bullet to ending the emissions of all cars and i'm not even saying we should end emissions of all cars i kind of that is i mean that is kind of um a uh baby steps compared to power generation and manufacturing and i'll just say that um and uh, so whatever i mean this is a larger conversation later but um i don't know man uh listen to that reply reply all episode um there was lots of debate lots of debate of what 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 um urban what geography effects that this will have right and i can tell you right now it's it's not going to be good whatever like i'm like i hope like i don't know i'm glad that manufacturing is returning to kentucky I think 
deindustrializing was largely a bad thing, a very bad move. And hopefully we will have learned the error of our ways. Uh, a service-based economy is really, you don't want it. Folks, I'll say this. I don't believe in it. I don't want it. Everyone is fucking miserable here. Um, you get these boys into a union. I know. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure, I mean, UAW will, I mean, they're not, UAW is still active. Um, but speaking of sort of like, you know, weird, like what must be done, sort of like, I don't know, stuff. There's this insane op-ed that came out, not insane. I mean, I agree with almost all of it, but it's like this... <laughs> Okay, it's called, here's the title. A more livable Lexington needs better housing zoning policies, says New Coalition. And the authorship is given to this uh, Coalition for a Livable Lexington, right? And there is nothing interesting to read from this thing. It's mostly just being like, it's good. You should do, you should change, you should ban Euclidean zoning. And I'm like, yeah, man, I agree. Um, but it's also, I don't know, it's just... I don't know. It's just full of, I mean, if you, it says at the bottom, the coalition for livable Lexington includes, and just all, all of these fucking like groups and NGOs. And I was like, God, you, you guys are all, all insane. I don't know. I don't, I mean, and not as a dig on most of these people, but it's just like, what is the, I mean, like, is this it? All of your quote unquote organizing, you know, is you've all decided to band all of together a bunch of different things. And one of the people that sponsors it is reach, which itself is a combination of a bunch of smaller organizations. And I'm like, and I'm like, so is it all, is there any, I mean, is there any real like grassroots thing from this stuff? I don't know. It just makes me, it just makes me go insane when I'm thinking about different stuff. It's because, uh, especially because it's op-ed, which I won't, I'm going to read all of it. Fuck it. This, I don't care. This, I mean, I'm just skimming through this. This reads like a word 110. It's psycho like, shit. Like this, I don't know. I this just is wanna, so weird. Where is, where, where did I fucking put it? Where did I fucking put it? Here it is. Um, there is an op-ed, another op-ed called, and this is the title, I'm a progressive who just became a registered Republican in Kentucky. Come join me. Um, so, I mean, let me say this. I knew that the term progressive has always been diluted since the 20s. It always has been. There's a lot of, there's a lot of, you know, like in some ways socialist movements that have rebranded themselves as progressive or whatever because socialism's a dirty word or whatever. But I also like totally don't believe in the term like progressive in any real way. Like, yeah, like when I hear progressive, I'm like, yeah, definitely center left, definitely not left. I don't know. And I think this is, like, and this is a woman who has deluded herself into believing that that this is actually progress. I don't know, whatever. This woman's name is Terry Carter, who is um, currently uh, writing a book. Um, that's what her. Uh, um, that's what her. I went. To, I found her website, and she's like, "I'm writing a book. This is my big thing." Um, and I don't know. She's a writer in Anderson County. Um, so let me just read this. On my 25th wedding anniversary. I skipped my morning run with my dogs and drove straight to our county clerk's office in the old bank building across Main Street from the Swish Mash Southern Goods. Sweet Mash, I don't know why I said that. I exchanged the usual pleasantries with the Anderson County clerk's Jason Denny, a Republican. I asked for a change of voter registration card. And with the blue ballpoints, please stop using descripting words. Iowa Writers Workshop was a psyop. This <laughs> article fucking blows. I checked the box marked Republican. 
My decision was not impulsive. Throughout the pandemic and the 2020 election cycle that ended with local losses and regional Democratic losses, the January 6th insurrection, and a highly guarded, nearly empty Washington, D.C. for the safety of Joe Biden's inauguration, my mind has been in a constant spin around the same question. But what can I do about it? Yeah. I, excellent, excellent question. I have no idea how you came to this answer. When we married in September 1996, my husband and I were both so apolitical we did not know each other's party affiliation before we tied the knot. But the farther the country veered right under George, veered right under George W. Bush. I mean, uh, yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure you thought, I'm sure you thought Bill Clinton was a very, very progressive figure too. And the more educated I became about the history and politics, the more I leaned progressive, even as many new friends and all my older friends are staunch conservatives. Yet at the time, at the last time I recall anything resembling a healthy in-depth policy conversation with the Republican was pre-2015. Why? Because everyone's energy, Democrats and Republicans alike, has been bled to the bone by conspiracy theorists and professional this is not provocateurs. This is prevaricators. What? Prevaricators. Prevaricators, I guess is how you would say it, but I don't know what it fucking means because I'm an idiot. Uh, from President Donald Trump to Senator Rand Paul to State Senator Adrian Southworth. Prevaricate. Prevaricate. Speak or act in an evasive way. Oh, great. Now you're giving us a little, giving us a little vocab lesson here. I yes, think. Adrian Southworth. There she is. And in response, what are we going to do differently in the way that we organize, talk to each other, strategize, a uh, vote? Uh, nothing. <laughs> Good, right? Close it up. Total psyop. Anyway, um, in the prologue of his 2021 book, Last and Best Hope, America in Crisis and Renewal, George Packer writes, What do we see in the mirror now? An unstable country, political institutions that might not be perpetrated. Perpetuated. Perpetuated. Fuck. Um, a people divided into warring tribes and prone to violence. The last kind of country we hope to used to think we could save. No one is going to save us. We are our last best hope. All politics, as they say, are local. And after a month after my second Moderna vaccine, I started going to a few country county meetings again. <laughs> Jesus Christ, man. Like, dude, who gives a shit if you're virtue signaling about your Moderna vaccine? You're cl calling yourself a progressive in the Herald Leader. I mean, Jesus. Um, zoning board, library board, fiscal court, school board. To see where we are, where we might be going, it was, in fact, in a word, terrifying. While, yes, some people at these meetings are the regulars who also now have the we also now have the disruptors, the conspiracy theorists, the people who, if you listen to them speak in meetings and check their public Facebooks, believe masks equal tyranny. Voter fraud is rampant. Donald Trump is still the real president. COVID-19 is how Dr. Fauci's getting rich. Well, that one's true. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, and the whole country would be better off if we all just carried more guns. And here's the kicker. The people are organized. They show up en masse. They are loud. Their goals are to run for office and take over local government from your school boards to the mayor and to the fiscal court. And they'll be running as Republicans to primary, traditional, moderate Republicans. Senator Mitch McConnell is right about one thing, and he says it often. Winners make policy. Losers go home. I refuse to remain seated. Mitch McConnell does not make policy. What are you fucking talking about? Sorry, I just need to... I, I can't even... I was <laughs> going to save my idea. thoughts for the end of this one. Mitch McConnell does not fucking make policy. What do you... The Mitch McConnell playbook is genius... If, but like it's not it's not policy it's it does not give you any it, it literally it is genius if you want to bring about the end of the united states which i believe that comrade mitch does want to do um but like this is psycho shit anyway um oh fuck i just closed out hold on hold on hold fuck um anyway when i first moved to Ans um anderson oh wait no before that oh. uh i refuse to remain seated in my comfortable democrat chair talking to people who already agree with me only to lose elections local regional national and go home while extremists pretending to be republicans take office i invite you to join me when i first moved to anderson county i was told 
Republicans often registered as Democrats so they could vote in Democratic primaries for the weaker candidate. Sounds crazy, right? I don't fucking believe it. Um, it, But it worked. In one decade, our country flipped from reliably Democrat to overwhelmingly Republican. I, I think there are other reasons. There's a for huge that. reason. There is a huge fucking reason why this why the why this, you know, state that used to be predominantly Democrat control for the last, you know, like two centuries is flipped and it's not because people are doing weird fucking primary electioneering jesus christ um uh but this can work in reverse here's how register as a republican vote in their primary for traditional republicans to keep the conspiracy theorists and extremists from power in the general election vote democrat if the democrat wins great if the republican wins ostensibly they believe in facts over conspiracy theories which in this age of political insanity is a win too it's fucking not like this what? is what I can't get the fuck over, man. I mean, I can't. I'm gonna. I'm, folks. We're almost there. I'm sorry, my blood's fucking boiling after this. What the if hell? The is this? Okay. Imagine getting back to having a policy conversations and debates based in fact. Imagine no longer exhausting yourself offering over complete nonsense. Imagine eventually leaving the dangerous conspiracy laden Trump era behind. We can do this. We have to. We are our last best hope. Right. So, Aaron, any immediate takes from this one? This is fucking insane. Cool, Brad. Any. Um, there's a lot to dig into this, right? This is, I would describe as um, weapons-grade rhetoric. Um, and, uh, like... <laughs> what the hell? This is stupid. This is, like... Wh- so, what's funny, my first observation that I have made, right, is that I actually, there are many people in my life, right, who are to the left of the Democrats, who at one point or another wanted to register as an independent because they do not believe in... You know, they, they, they're like, they're like, I do not believe in the fucking Democrats here, right? I know, um, I know multiple, I used to do, I did this. Yeah. I was, I was guilty. I would always tell people this is a bad idea because Kentucky is a closed primary system, which means you have to be registered as that party to vote in the primaries, right? And the only, in the, the only real political fight that happens, that the only fight that is, matters anything in Kentucky is these Democratic primaries, Right. Like this, we are talking about Booker versus, you know, what's her fucking name? That 9-11 woman, uh, Amy McGrath. Amy McGrath. She was in the air in 9-11, you know, um, uh, <laughs> she's, she's a Marine and a mom. She's a Marine and a mom and a total psyop. Anyway, um, whatever, like the, the fight between like literally the fight between us and the coastal democratic elite, not to literally co-op like, like, like Republican language, but it's quite literally like Charles Booker versus Amy McGrath, where the the National Democratic Party, where we have people like Chuck Chuck Schumer, literally like personally fun, like 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 personally rallying for Amy McGrath, intentionally trying to stop Charles Booker. Right? It is a serious, um, it is a serious enough, uh, it is a serious enough issue. Right? And there is nothing. There is no. If you are actually a progressive, there is no Republican. There is maybe one Republican that you can vote for. Actually, I take it back. And that is Rand Paul. Because Rand Paul, every once in a while, will turn around and give you some weird fucking libertarian mental jujitsu, weirdly progressive policy. What was that thing? It was like a, it was like the, it wasn't the DACA thing, was it? Yeah, it was the fucking DACA thing. It was yeah. like insane, like what weird parallel universe Rand pa- we we're living Rand, in. Rand Paul said abolish all borders. I'm kidding. Um, But no, I mean, seriously, like, like you don't, like you would have more common cause you would have more success registering libertarian 
in primarying people in the Libertarian Party to run than you would finding any candidate that was it psycho um, in the thing. And this is the thing, like, she's so, I mean, it's so, she, she's so, like, I mean, I saw, I was at Kroger today. And I saw someone's like Subaru, uh, like Forester, cute little, cute little, like, or I would, I want it. Um, but like they had literally, literally fucking had like a, um, it was like, like a no more children in cages sticker. And then right next to it, they were like, they were like, they're like, say Niet to, uh, to, uh, Moscow Mitch. And it's like, you know, like, like a, like red. I was like, I'm like, I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ, you cretins. And then of course there was like a Star Wars sticker. Um, like a Star Wars family. No, I wish that would be even more psycho. No, just a just a Star Wars Rebel Alliance sticker, which is um oh. like so. God, to Moscow Mitch. I know. Just like I don't know how else to say this. Um, I just am so like these people are not your friends in any way. These people actually in no way understand what the real issues are i mean here. that's the that's the quintessential kentucky liberal yeah these people are like yeah man we're here to fight the conspiracy theories that donald trump led or whatever right um instead of asking themselves gee why is donald trump so deeply deeply popular in this state especially in places like eastern kentucky why is it um and not even i mean it's i mean it's like no one no one gets it. No one seriously has any thing. And if you want to actually lead some sort of, you know, progressive thing like Charles Booker, you think, okay, all right. Yeah, 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 yeah. If the, okay, if this is true, why isn't Charles Booker primarying Rand Paul? Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like, I mean, this is so, this is so fucking, I don't know, it's so fucking stupid. Um, And the, like, like the fact that this woman would even think to like, I'm registering Republican so I can like this is like she's she's giving a she's giving herself away by saying that she's okay with a moderate Republican, right? Like she's giving herself away as like someone who both deeply benefits from the system that Republicans, you know, put forward. And also is like, I don't know, it's like the most like she is the truest Democrat, which is funny. Mm. The truest Democrat, the real Democrats, right? All they the tr- uh, the real ones, the real the DNC OG. heads, not the OGs, the real DNC heads all wish they were Republicans. They all deeply, I mean, there is no other way to explain the phenomenon of what is happening currently on a national level, which we won't get much too much into because we are a, a local podcast. Um, but I mean, what's so funny is that, um, you know, like if you actually if you know they love being like oh let's talk about policy or whatever right and then they you know all right democrats are in control of the senate they're trying to pass these um you know the infrastructure and reconciliation bill and <sighs> it becomes this great talk about policy or whatever and their actual talk about policy is fucking like joe manchin going like mm, i feel like you should do half i'm just feeling it vibe space policies i am not a liberal i just like feeling it out um to quote joe manchin i don't know just like like, like the deep, I don't know, just the deep getting the vibes have been so fucked on the Herald leader um, today. I don't know what else to say. I'm just getting a lot of bad, bad things from it. And um, with that, um, it's happened again. You've waited. How, how long was this? An hour. You've wasted another perfectly good hour listening to lame. Our esteemed executive producer is Charlie Carey. 
Thank you so much for all the work you've done getting getting our uh, militant subscription sorted out and everything. That was a lot of yeah, a lot of overhead. There. I know paper delivery is very difficult to lame studios, mm-hmm. but. Um, our stickers are designed by Claire Thompson from ClaireThompsonArt.com. You can follow us on Twitter at LamePod. Email us for sticker, for sticker requests and for other things at LexLamePod at gmail.com. Uh, uh, go the UCW thing. UCW pizza. Um, is at the Cornerstone Saturday at 1. That's tomorrow if you're listening to it today. The uh, Go out and support. Go out and pick it with the Heaven Hill Distillery people. Um, show some solidarity or whatever. Um, and even though the IWW <laughs> inducts uh, each of us individually into the Podcaster Union Hall of Fame, whenever they hear us say it, this is lame. <laughs>